five minutes, project number five. It's Silverado this time, that's no job. By Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote the show. Best saddle up now, kids, cause here we go! Howdy folks, and welcome back to another episode of the Silverado Minute Podcast. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1985 Lawrence Kasdan-directed Western Silverado. One minute of screen time per episode. I'm one of your hosts, Jake Lewitt. And I'm your other host, Mark Hoffmeyer. Just came down from Louisiana, marched on over here to Atlanta, ready to record this episode. And we're going to stop doing noise voices. I went full farmer friend from you Waterboy did. there. I did. Oh, I, I oh, hey, threw oh, you a curveball uh, by not telling you I was doing a voice, so you... you, you you hung with it. But we normally oh. host Deep Blue Sea, the podcast, uh, on which we have gone we through the... We talked a lot about Louisiana. <laughs> Indeed. We, we talked about the, the Deep Blue Sea trilogy. Yes, there are three Deep Blue Sea films. One DVD chapter at a time. So if you uh, enjoy those films, Shark films, Rennie Harlan films, he's ne- he hasn't done a Western yet. But who knows? Then uh, head on over to Deep Blue Sea, the podcast, and listen to us there. But uh, today, we- is this is minute 26 of Silverado. What happens in minute 26 of Silverado? Well, it starts with Jake walking towards a prison cell wall, being told he'll hang in the morning, and ends with Payden declining, or DeKevin declining, if you will, to help Ooh. to help Emmett bust Jake out of prison. Uh, but I think before we get into that, Mark, what, what's your history with Silverado? What, what's, what are your thoughts on this film overall? You like it? You seen it before? No, you, you know what's kind of wild? Uh, I, I have a big gap in 1980s. Westerns like Lonesome Dove, Silverado. I feel like I blend them all together because there's so many different ones with like Kenny Rogers, Johnny Cash. Uh, it's just a weird for some reason. I wasn't in uh, Westerns in the 80s. Like when the 90s comes around, you know, you have you have Young Guns, right? That was what 89 and then Young Guns 2, which is amazing. And then you have Unforgiven. Listen, Back to the Future Part 2, Dance with Blows, Quigley Down Under, City Slickers, uh, Far and Away, Last of Mohicans, El Mariachi, Thunderheart, Unforgiven, Geronimo, Posse, Tombstone, Summersby, Bad Girls, City Slickers 2, Frank and Jesse, Legends of the Fall, Lightning Jack, Maverick, Wagons, East Lighter, Buffalo Girls, Desperado, Dead Man, The Quick and the... <laughs> Tall Tale, Wild Bill, The Cherokee Kid, Last Man Standing from Dust Till Dawn, Lone Star, Buffalo Soldiers, The Postman, Almost Heroes, Mask of Zorro, Ravenous, Wild Wild West. Like, I... I was all in on Westerns in the 90s. I really was. I, I just adored Westerns. And, you know, even nowadays, I mean, with The Harder They Fall recently coming out, I'm a huge fan of Bone Tomahawk. Yeah. A big fan of that show, uh, that movie, as Craig Zoller. But the 80s, I'm telling you, uh, you know, you, you go back to the 70s, 60s, and you have the, the Eastwoods, and then you go back to the 50s, 40s, you have the John Waynes. Uh, you know, I, I, I own the pretentious stagecoast blu-ray i have you know red river all that kind of stuff uh you know i'm looking at the john ford at fox collection right next to me i just i had a huge blank spot for the 1980s westerns and i mean there is a bar fight in top secret which was released in the 80s but that's not technically <laughs> it's a western no it's underwater but <laughs> that's, that's... it's kind of wild uh jay because this this is a stacked cast this it's is, a ridiculous cast in this film and it's insane. they were all ready to blow up jay you had kevin klein winning an oscar four years later you had costner three years later in the untouchables you had danny glover uh three years later in lethal weapon i mean you know scott glenn's always been crushing it like prior he was just in like the right stuff he was actually going to be in a man, the first man on fire adaptation a few years from when this movie was made uh but yeah i mean i i did not know much about this movie i didn't know that kazan directed it 
And uh, I'm really glad that we jumped on this because I got to learn a lot about it and, and where it was filmed and the history of it. Yeah, I'd only seen it once before. And I almost got all those movies. <laughs> you got about halfway. I mean, uh, that, that long list of right. films. Before this episode ends, I'm going to try it again. Okay. Just to give you a heads up. Good good luck. Okay. Right. I, of that long list of films, I, I mean, westerns are a bit of a blind spot for me as well. I reckon I've seen probably about 60 total westerns, and that includes like Back to the Future Part 3, that kind of thing. Uh, and of the list of 90s westerns, I'd seen probably fewer than half of them. Uh, you, you ended on Wild Wild West, a film I genuinely enjoy. <laughs> But not for Kevin being Klein. a good, not for being a good film, for being yeah. uh, ridiculous. Uh, but I've, spider I've, legs. Indeed. I've talked a lot about spider leg Brana. He's it's it's a memorable image from the film. But I've only seen Silverado once before, which I used to host a podcast called The Lambcast, which is from the Large Association of Movie Blogs. Uh, check it out at largeassmovieblogs.com. And every month we do a movie of the month, which one of our listeners or guests would recommend. And if it, if it won a poet, got to, anyway. Uh, so I watched Silverado for that uh, three years back, and the year prior to that was Tombstone one, and that was the first time I'd seen both Tombstone and Silverado, oh. neither of which I've seen since. So they've both kind of been blurred together in my mind as like, wait, that was that bit from that? What? Like they, they they both have these really deep casts. They both have like so many great set pieces, and it's just it kind of merged together in my head. So watching Silverado again was like, oh, okay, so. Jeff Goldblum's in this one. Right, I got it. Yeah. Billy Bob Thornton's in Tombstone. In the other one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Uh, but I, I, I love them both. And when I, the first time I saw Silverado, I, I went back and listened to the Lambcast episode on it uh, today. I loved, I just adored this film. It's got a lot of aspects that I, I really like. It's got a prison break. I love prison breaks in films, and we're lucky enough to have that sequence in our, well, part of that sequence in our, our week. Uh, I, I love most of the actors, you know, you mentioned Ke- Kevin Klein's one of my favourites. Brian Dennehy, John Cleese, Jeff Goldblum. These are all people that I'll watch in pretty much anything. You got uh, Blind Pete. Yeah, <laughs> you got you got Jeff Fahey. Uh, not in yeah. our week, but Jeff Fahey Man, with too much eyeliner. Fahey <laughs> is looking. He's looking slick in this. I'm like, who is this good-looking oh, fella? This Jeff, is the youngest all of these people have ever been. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I'm pretty sure Jeff Fahey was born several days before this film. And I, this is this is you said like, this is the the time Costner. Uh, blew up this is like literally his first starring role like i, I, I think he's above the title his first yeah, well jeez louise <laughs> and he's uh costa's uh, not normally a, a guy i'm drawn to he I, i'm turned off by him sometimes just because he he always tends to play in his leading roles he always tends to play like a kind of a, a a white bread kind of guy just not not as bland as that but like a real a true hero not a lot of of color to his character He's he's like the lead, and I get bored by that. Things like Waterworld, I like, because uh, he's kind of a jerk in that, right? Yes. He's yeah. not. He's not Dance with Wolves in it. He's not Feel the Dreams in it. He's yeah. he's a sullen merman. And I love Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, but not for Kevin Costner. I love that for literally everything else. Morgan Freeman. It's mainly Rickman. <laughs> oh, that one dude who's in The Crow, who's the secondary bad guy that every movie needs a good. Oh. I know who you, yeah, uh, the guy of Gisborne guy. Yeah, um, what a great look. Oh, man, that dude, he was in The Crow. Love that guy. And you, bring a friend. <laughs> you, 8 o'clock, bring a friend. His name is uh, Michael Wincott. Yeah. Guy, yeah. He's he's uh, fantastic in that, yeah. Uh, so, but I think uh, Costner and Silverado, Jake, this could be my favorite Costner role, because he's basically playing a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> he's just like this, yeah. this eager, overexcited. He's like he's been wound up like far too tight, and he's just he's got so much energy. He's bounding around. Uh, you just can't you can't control him. Then you lock him up in a room, and like, what's he yeah. gonna do in that? He just he's stuck. He's a super capable puppy who you can play flat fetch with. Like when it when it comes down to it, he can shoot stairs and not people. He's a super. It's Coster didn't want to play him. Coster said the reason he ended up playing him, coming off of like Big Chill and what happened there, was that he he's like he was really childlike, but when it came down to it, he could you know tear tear stuff up. So that's why Costner took the role. But he did not. He does not play another one of those. That That's I can it. think of. I want him to get back to doing these more interesting roles. Uh, he's yeah. he's a little bit uh, uh, long in the tooth to play this kind of character again, but I, I want him to just find some more of that energy. Like leave the the Jonathan Kents and the other boring characters he's played <laughs> behind him and do something. Like he's he always playing like or, or figures of authority, like in like Hidden Figures and uh, yeah, Justice League and that. It just yeah, I just I want him to do something more interesting. Yeah, he's definitely more be. interesting in this. He doesn't yeah, have to be an everyman in everything he does. <laughs> now, I'm going to tell you something. On this minute we watched, if I ever get transported back in time, like in Back to the Future 3, and I end up taking John Cleese's job as <laughs> yep. the sheriff of the town, when people come into my prison and they're like, yeah, you're going to hang him at dawn. I'm like, yeah, we're going to hang him at 4 p.m. Oh, you're hanging him at 4 p.m.? Yeah, 4 p.m. But I would actually hang him at 10 a.m. Never tell people when you're gonna hang their brother. Well, he doesn't. He doesn't know it's his brother. I I, I get your logic, but we'd actually find out with his brother until tomorrow. Doesn't matter. Doesn't yep. matter. Anybody. But I I get your My logic, wife. but then you're, yeah. you're taking away this huge public entertainment. How many films have you seen where the hanging is like that town's event of the week? The whole town comes out to see no, a man I, hang. Secret shows, Jay. Secret shows. <laughs> secret, so like secret There's cinema. There's movies. There's movies based around like oh Nick and Nora's oh we gotta go to this secret show so it would be like <laughs> a secret hanging and you gotta find the invite and then you gotta hope that you make it on time like make it hyper exclusive. <laughs> Where in the tiny town of Turley are they gonna have a secret hanging? <laughs> well, I will put I will put up hanging posts, seventeen different hanging posts, right? <laughs> I will send decoys out to other areas. I will, you know, I will do it during a rainstorm. But it's a hyper-exclusive hanging club. So you've got 17 and... executioners on on, uh, on staff, uh, yes, one at each post. exactly. Yeah, I bring them all in, and I'm like, one of you is going to hang somebody. And then so they take five people out, and then people got to guess. Because if you're a posse, Jay, you and I, we're, you know, we're Rick and Billy, the, the killer kids, and we're trying to save <laughs> one of our fellow killer kids from hanging. And we're like, dang, this is a hyper-exclusive hanging club. And then we're looking all around, right? There's like eight different places where we can hang people. And then we pick the wrong one. And yeah. our third person, our killing kid, get, gets killed. At, at like best, that's... we split up and head to different ones. But then if, if some of us sign the right one, it's a smaller yep. number. And I want to reiterate, yeah. we're, we're kids who kill. We're not people who kill kids. Just saying. Yeah, we're not <laughs> kid killers. I mean, I have. My character has. But it was by accident. I mean, when you're in gunfights in towns, things happen. But I didn't yeah. purposely do it. And you're really cut up about it. It... it... Yeah. You, you have trouble sleeping at night, just to flashbacks to those dead kids. Yeah. Oh no, I scream myself to sleep every night. Jay. It's terrible. I have the room next to yeah. you. It's it's unpleasant. I you know, the amount of whiskey and women and all that just can't even shake me. You know, I'm just broken. I'm a broken human being, and I only keep going 
because I've lost my soul and I feel like I just, you know, I've just given up and I just embrace the chaos and I've become a force of pure evil. That's my character. That's your character. <laughs> yeah. And also my hanging posts, they wouldn't be like where you could shoot with an arrow. Every movie, Jay, like the rope gets shot by an arrow. Pirates of the Caribbean, or Robin Hood. Prince of these, yeah. <laughs> Every single. So I would put them at like catty corners and uneven angles and I would put them in alcoves. And, if, like and put, if someone put a, tried to a get a net him, over it or something. Just, yes, exactly. And if someone tried to go on a roof and shoot down, I would have an overhang over it so they couldn't do it. And don't leave I it would, so an arrow can be shot for the person being hanged to to stand on, which happens in other films as well. <laughs> exactly. Leave that bit covered up. Yep. Nothing, like, I have thought of every way. And so my super secret, secret hanging club is always successful. That's what I would do. I, I don't want to speak for you, Mark, but I just want to go on record that uh, Deep Blue the podcast is not in favour of public hangings. Uh, and uh, also, man, I would... It's just how it you, should be done. I would use eight different locks. Like I would just not go in the room. I mean, there's just... Whew, I'm telling you. Someone... I was watching Scream. I'm doing a data post for them, and they're like, um, horror movies don't make serial killers just to make them more creative. So watching these movies makes me the local hangman in my old western town that I travel back to in time. Just makes me better at my job. Super creative hangings. Yeah. yeah. Oh, super... <laughs> That's like, I wish I would say that on my resume, right? Like, super creative hangings from Mark. My Etsy page. <laughs> or you have, like, a, a real specific nooses. <laughs> Bedazzled. And, like... There's, like, just... silk woven through it for something. And, like, this nice, like, teal stripe going through it. Oh, oh man. Yeah, see, I would make... It would be cool. It would be... A, that, listen, you know how people go to, like, you know, pop-ups with new shoes open up or pop up restaurants like at my hangings you get new spurs like custom spurs that you can put on your boots <laughs> i've like turned it. my town into a like it's like it's like gonna be brooklyn pretty much just super hip uh it's gonna be like it's gonna be like the downtown portland of of old west cities without okay. nicholas cage <laughs> running amok looking for truffles yeah, I can see Nick Cage playing an executioner as a hangman executioner. I can see him doing that. Yeah, and because it would weigh on him, right? Yeah. He has that intensity. Yeah. yeah. He he should. I want to see that. The hangman. Starring yeah. Nick Cage. He'll lock you up, then he'll hang you. <laughs> the tagline needs work. But okay. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, listen, Cleese gets chomped out here. And, I, I mean, I like the way it's played. I really do. I think it's a good scene. I like I like the big chill reunion in there, Kevin Klein, right? Yeah. Uh, Scott Glenn, I think Emmett, plays it beautifully. Yeah. It's good. It's, and then the nice chat. Well, uh, when, when they're outside, when Emmett and, and Payton are talking, I feel like uh, Scott, uh, Scott Glenn's doing a bit of John Wayne. Where he's like, ah, oh, bad luck for me. He's like... The, the, the way he's saying that is I can hear nothing but John Wayne in that voice I can't do a John Wayne impression as you've just heard but he can and he's doing it in that line and he doesn't do it for the well, rest of the all film right. I used to be able to do a good John well alright Pilgrim no I can't do it <laughs> I, it's one of, one of those voices that I can play in my head just over, it's, I, I can't John Wayne has such a distinctive voice it sounds great in my head then as soon as I try and say it it's like oh this is just a different thing This is this is I can't do it it's out of my range I'm not going to try I can barely do a Western. Quick question for you. I know that you you don't live in Ireland. I but don't. What did you did you ever watch The Quiet Man? Uh, no, I haven't. Oh, 
Sorry. Because he just travels over to he travels over to John Wayne travels over to Ireland. Okay. Hey, there's some good fist fights in it. John Wayne's a good movie puncher. He's no Harrison Ford. Uh, and also, I gotta tell you, Nev Campbell in the Scream franchise throws a great movie punch. Yeah, she punches Gale. Just letting you know that. Square in the jaw, don't she? Yeah. I'm counting every Scream. Why wouldn't you? Of course. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I've told some people that, and they're like, of course you are. You're the guy who counted every time a door opened and closed in, in Deep Blue Sea, which... Proudest moment of my life. <laughs> a lot more than you might expect, listeners. No one else has done it. That's just true. Yep. It's, uh, there's a gap in the market, and you, you filled it. <laughs> I look for markets that are never going to be filled, and I, I fill those markets. Like my hyper-exclusive Hangman's Club. So, when you watched this first time through, did you pick up on it being a code? That, uh, that that Emmett was doing to to Jake about Blind Pete. I always said you'd have. Yeah. Uh, it would be at dawn. Because uh, Blind Pete used to feel the um the the you know the pick the lock. I, but, I, I mean, I mean first time around, the first time you saw this scene, not how you saw it play out. No, right? not the eighth time I watched the one <laughs> clip <laughs> okay. in a row while jump roping. Listen. Same, because the first time I watched it, I didn't, it wasn't until, like, the first time I watched the entire film, I, I didn't pick up on this line. It wasn't until this time around that I'm analysing, okay, Blind Pete, which the first time I heard it, I thought he said Lying Pete, was the, the character I was thinking he was talking about. Yeah, let's not talk about him. <laughs> yeah, Lying Pete just can't be trusted. Uh, but yeah, so it's, you know, in outside of our minutes, outside of our week next week, we're going to cut into their time, uh, Blind Pete, he always used to pick locks blindfolded. So... Emmett's telling telling Jake you gotta pick the lock and at dawn that's when you gotta do it. Doesn't no more is required. That's, that's enough information to like pick the lock at dawn and then figure it out. <laughs> He'll figure out everything else. I like it. I like the plan. I'm telling you, I was too busy watching Costner be alive. <laughs> you know what I mean? He is so full of life. In fact, in the, the original script, uh, which we've, we've got a copy of, thank you, thank you to Jim O'Kane, uh, the grandfather of this or the godfather of this. Uh, project he's provided the script uh once Payton and Emmett leave uh Payton says shame about the kid seems a lively sort which yeah. has the line out that's taken out of the actual film to which Emmett replied morosely he is that I missed that line I think that could be a nice line uh, hmm. that's the only line cut out of the only two lines cut out of this this scene that I can tell uh so yeah I mean we, oh. we get it from watching him that he's a lively sort because he's like uh doing monkey bars along the <laughs> Along the ceiling of the cage, the cell is in. <laughs> it looks like he's just about to shoot through the roof. <laughs> he's having so much fun in there. Yeah, just it's fun seeing a live Costner, and then it's fun seeing Deadly Klein. Yeah, I, I, I love Kevin Klein. He's an actor. I, I said already, I'll, I'll watch him anything, and he's just. I listened to another podcast about Silverado as kind of research, and they, the guys on that, didn't like Kevin Klein, and I, that's a point of view I cannot understand. Because he's great in everything I've ever seen him in, and they they said that in this he's always just like an English teacher. Everything he's in, he's just an English teacher. And I'm sat there thinking, like, if this guy taught anything to me at any point, whatever subject it was, that is what I would pursue my career in, just on the basis of yeah, the Kevin Klein's charisma and warmth and everything about him. <laughs> he's are they seen in a fish called Wanda? He's a teacher too. In, in everything. I, I They're saying in Fish Called Wanda, he's an English teacher. I assume in that he'd probably be an Italian teacher. Uh, but, I mean, <laughs> but yeah, that is... The, he'd that steal is all your money. Klein. That is peak Klein, is, is yeah. Fish Called Wanda. 
He won an Oscar for it. He won an Oscar? Yeah, for, for Fish Called Wanda, yeah. Teacher. Yeah. Get out. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. I'm, for the, one of the rare comedy roles to win an Oscar. It's beautiful. I love seeing him in this. I bought into him. He's just a chill dude who likes his hat, his horse. He wants his stuff back. He does. That's, that's part of part of the arc that he goes through this week, which we'll get to. Uh, so. All right, I'm going to try it one more time before we get out of here. Is okay. that okay? Go for it. Oh, wait, are we are we done? Are we, well, we I was got just going to talk about, you know, they talk about uh, hanging being bad luck. Uh, I, I tried to oh, find yeah. out if that was true. I couldn't find any superstitions about watching somebody hang. I'd say it's definitely bad luck for the person being hanged. Uh, but well, have you got any like favorite hangings in film? Any favorite scenes with, where, that come to mind when you talk about hangings? Because there's been quite a lot. Oh, gosh. Hanging scenes in there, film. There's the Battle of Buster Scruggs with, with James Franco, like the first time that, where that meme came from. And Back to Future Three, the infamous oh, one, yeah. where 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 Michael J. Fox almost died filming it. <laughs> he was li- literally being hanged. Oh, Brendan Fraser almost died too. Uh, he got he passed out. They had to cut him down. Was that in the, in the Mummy? Was that yeah, the, yeah. And the, uh, the one I, I, I one that you'll like, the happening when they're oh, like, driving so down the road and all these people have hanged themselves. <laughs> the, like, well, I love this. I love depressed hanging in movies. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, they went up. <laughs> it's rare to see hanging in, 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 a, in a comedy. Is that uh, Andy Serkis, Simon Pegg film, Burke and Hare from a few, a few years back? Very bad film, but Bill Bailey from Hot Fuzz is doing a, is a an executioner hanging an old lady in that film. I'm like, oh, that's odd. This is weird. This isn't. This is a like it's a weird comedy because it's about people digging up graves and selling body parts. Uh, but the hang the Bill Bailey has always reminded me of being in that. The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly has some almost good hanging scenes. Mm-hmm. Hang them high. What are some random ones? Oh, the Omen. <laughs> Schindler's List has some feel-good ones. Oh, Maverick. Yeah, and there's the... the I haven't seen the original True Grit, but the, the remake of True Grit has the hanging scene as well. Oh my gosh, I got the be-all-end-all. Yeah? Shawshank Redemption. Why can't I remember the hanging scene in Shawshank? That nice guy gets out of prison, then he works his job, then he gets on a train. Oh, uh, yes, but... Brooks. Brooks. Brooks yeah. is here. Yeah. And yeah. Kerplunk. That's sad. I think The Omen's got to be one of the most iconic of all time. I haven't seen The Omen. Oh, <laughs> it's man. So, it's like my, one of my bigger blind spots. I just haven't got to it. There's all these horror movie... Jeez Louise. I'm taking. I'm going to some dark places. Well, let's get out of it then. It's, it's, <laughs> Sorry. No, no, it's, it's, I, I took us here. <laughs> this, is, this is my... Uh, my mistake. So go on, give a shot at the list again. Try and rattle them off one breath. Okay. It's not if I can do it. It's when I when I do it, I will do it. Do Do you want to do it? Back to Future Part Three: Dance with Wolves, Quickly Down Under, Young Guns Two, City Slickers, Far and Away, Last of the Mohicans, El Mariachi, Thunderheart, Unforgiven, Geronimo, Posse, Tombstone, Summersby, Bad Girls, City Slickers Two, Frank and Jesse, Legends of the Fall, Lightning Jack, Maverick, Wagons East, Wider, Buffalo Girls, Desperado, Dead Man, The Quick and the Dead, Tall Tale, Wild Bill, Cherokee Kid, Last Man Standing, From Dust Till Dawn, Lone Star, Buffalo Soldiers, The Postman, Almost Heroes, The Mask, Sorrow. <laughs> and last but not least, the... <laughs> Wild Wild West. <laughs> I, I almost know, did it. I know at least one person who listens to these on double speed, and that's going to be <laughs> just a mess to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> was, I almost did it. I got down. To, I, I warbled out "Mask of Zorro and Ravenous," but I almost got it. Yeah, you got you got, did far better than I could. I'm not even, not even going to try. <sighs> that was good. That I felt, was, I that could, was I could, exceptional. Well done. I, I can quit on that one. Yeah, I think you should be, be proud of that. 
Yeah. Uh, so that'll do it for, for Minute 26. Listeners, you can find the Silverado Minute podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play, or at the main site, silveradominute.com. You can find us on Facebook at the, Mid- at the Midnight Star, the Silverado Minute Listeners Saloon, and on Twitter at SilveradoMXM. And uh, as, as we've said, I've been, I've been Jay Cluett. Oh, Mark Hoffmeyer. <laughs> you need to work, work on your spittoon noise, I think. Like, <laughs> and uh, you can find us over at Deep Blue Sea, the podcast. And uh, uh, join us here next time on the Silverado Minute. Yeah. Wow.